Greetings, welcome, and salutations, gamers. Welcome to Cast Co-op, the podcast in which three podcast hosts cast together. I am one of your co-hosts, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, and host of the Xbox Expansion Pass, joined tonight by the Mr. Make Souls Dark Again, Ainsley Bowden, host of Season Gaming's Bitcast. How are you, sir? I am tired, boys, but I am here. Yeah. Ready to talk about a similar thing for the reason I'm tired. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Gaming industry layoffs after the big announcement tonight, which will be uh, an interesting conversation, I think. I I think it'll be a short conversation. I was one, I was surprised this was our main topic. So I'm curious <laughs> to know if I'm just out of the loop here. That's just sometimes a thing. Uh, I'm also joined by host of the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, Mr. Joseph Moran. Hello, sir. Welcome. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Now, can I tell you guys something that I found truly triggering today? Or, or last night, rather? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. You know the whole thing that's been going around? I think it was like last week or so. We were kind of late to it. Getting a no that thing? No, 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 no. This is more serious than that. More serious. Oh. Of who would win in a fight? Joel versus Leon Kennedy. Leon Kennedy so, would absolutely win. What? Yeah. That's not, even that a, that's not even a debate. And what a stupid question. Well, <laughs> prepare for a stupid answer. <laughs> my co-host, Kyle, all right, one of my best friends, thinks Joel would win in a fight. You want to know why? Because he's never played Resident Evil, clearly. <laughs> Street smarts. <laughs> and he's been so, surviving for 20-plus years. He he could get the jump on Leon if it's a fist to fist mano a mano. Has Kyle the dumbest thing I've fight? ever heard? Listen, Kyle's never been in a fight. No, I've been in a scrapper too. <laughs> this is screaming like a lot of ignorance. I'm right, right? I've never. Fought. And I'm saying like this: one of these guys is military trained. Okay. <laughs> Like SEAL Team 6 <laughs> level trained, and one oh, guy man. is just an angry dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not even a close fight. No. You know? Mm-hmm. It's... Thank you. Thank you. No, no. There's no technique when you're just trying to survive. You're... Yeah, there's... No. There's, it, I don't even so, understand why this is a conversation. I, exactly. I, he's like, oh, if it's a gunfight, sure, Leon. But, like, he, he he's saying, oh, because... The merchants giving him all the weapons. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It, he can have a hoop and a stick. He's gonna <laughs> kick like Joel's ass. Like it's that simple. Just there's, give there's... Leon a golf club, and the whole thing's over yeah. anyway. I mean, right? Exactly. Like, come on, man. Come jo- on. Joel got Joel got beat up by a tough girl. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not putting down Abby because she's a beast, but. Right. No, it sounded like it. Also, yeah. Ains, what's with the hat, man? It really is uncomfortable to look at. Like, what is happening here? You freaking weird. Your, your face is uncomfortable to look at. Are I don't you ask having... you to take that off. Yeah, but I I know what I am and who I am. You're <laughs> hiding your face. Do you want... I don't mean to. It's just it's a weirdly like if you look at it, it's weirdly shaped. You know yeah. what I mean? So it just kind of like, goes like I could go like that, and then I'll look like, hey guys, what's going on? Honestly, oh. uh, that's uh, maybe not. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'll take that off. You, you want me to take the yeah. hat off and just yeah, please. It is weird. Unsettling. Also, Joe, turn right. on a light, man. You're so dark. There you go. Now Honestly, I get my, I don't know my why big beautiful like head today. But yeah, I am a little dark. Yeah, yeah you are a little bit. A little oh, bit. Well, There's someone in the chat saying Joel would win. I'm letting you know this. 
How? I swear to God, if if that is Dan from the nerd chat that's saying that, the same no, man this. who legitimately <laughs> thinks Little Caesars is pizza, that's the I couldn't believe it. Like I'm not gonna die on a hill and say Pizza Hut or Domino's right. needs to be your champion. No, 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 no. Come on, that's <laughs> that's you know it's, it's fast food. It is what it is. But Little Caesars is pure trash, and Awful. I need him to know. And that is the most important thing I saw on Twitter today. Okay. Awful. Okay. Who thinks Little it, Caesars is good? Nobody. No one. No. Oh, people eat Little Caesars because it's cheap, not good. Correct. Correct. It's trash food for trash people uh, for people that are on the struggle. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's just what it is. Like, <laughs> it is trash food. I couldn't believe it. He and he like legitimately doubled down on it. it was, really? It was, yeah. It was concerning. It's just I like to sit on the ivory tower that is the tri-state area and just go like, "All oh, your pizza is trash." <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, and you're comparatively you're right, and like I'll not have any argument about Chicago. Like, okay, calm down. Deep dish is more like a lasagna. Like you're borderline. Calm down. And all, that's the best pizza. I'm listen. I'm over three hundred pounds. That's gonna kill you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right and i would just eat almost anything but that yeah <laughs> all of a sudden yeah, i want to shout out uh, want to shout out midnight dreary gifting a season gaming membership it sadly went to luke so apologies for that jerry um but as always a uh a big supporter of the channel thank you so much appreciate you thank you all right boys you guys good. you guys ready to get right into it yeah let's do it Luke, do you wanna you wanna bring up this topic? You wanna start casting? So yes, absolutely. <laughs> He's in his own out, world. There are a couple places we can go tonight. Okay. Uh, Dev Direct, which oh, worth wow, talking. We haven't we haven't talked together about it. Pal World, setting the world on fire, um, and then of course the layoffs. And I think you're alluding to the layoffs, and that's what you'd like to talk about, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So so uh, absolutely. Devastating news for a number of people who who uh, have been in the gaming industry across a number of different companies, Xbox, or rather I should say Microsoft, being kind of the big one that gathered attention today. But industry layoffs are uh, happening at, at a rate that I don't think we've seen before, at the very least has not been publicized before. Roughly 1,900 from Microsoft let go today across uh, multiple divisions, particularly uh, Activision Blizzard divisions. Pretty astounding, all things considered. We're at a rate way higher than 2023, which was bad in and of itself. And of course, we're three weeks done with um, January, where I'll invite you to comment because I think I'm, I feel, a I think I'm far more passive about this and that might make me the bad guy. And so I'd like to be uh, either course corrected or educated or just maybe my attitude adjusted on this. I felt like for Activision Blizzard specifically, this did not come as a surprise and something that was a known quantity given that we merged two huge companies, given that we expected redundancies across a number of different teams, um, given that uh, in the gaming specific space, we saw members of the Overwatch team go and Overwatch underperformed. Bobby Kotick's fault, mind you, not a fault of the team members. Yeah. But I was not surprised by this particular news uh i'm not i'm no longer surprised sadly about the embracer news if it comes to the human element i find it all very devastating but i did not find any doom and gloom xbox just did three 
three trillion dollar Microsoft company. Oh, we're letting go jobs. No, I don't think that's how the business actually works. So the human side of me felt awful for these human beings who lost their jobs because that's their livelihood, their families, their pensions, how they feed their how they put food on the table. But I was not surprised by the news, and I was I was genuinely timid to put that reaction onto socials today, and I held off at the risk of sounding insensitive. So I, I'm curious, am I far out of pocket here? Is it too soon to to think that? Um, or are we just trying to be extra sensitive out of respect for the, the frustration those families are going through? Where where should I be versus where I am? It's optics. I think you're right. Nobody was surprised. This day was going to, to come whether we wanted it to or not, right? Mm -hmm. um, once we heard that the merger went through, we all kind of knew, yeah, it, there's going to be redundancies. That means people are going to lose their jobs, and that sucks. That is also the nature of how these things shake out. I think that it's the number is whether you want to call it sticker shock or just unexpected. I know, you know, Jason Schreier on Bloomberg uh, TV was actually talking about how he even himself, he was surprised of how I think he said bloody that, that, you know, uh, was, you know, he was not expecting that high of a number. Um, and at the same exact time as, you know, it's kind of like when we saw that, um, you know, slow jerk of a, hey, they're part of the team now. Xbox Activision Montage Sizzle Wheel, wheel trailer. Um, like, I'm just like, okay, uh, and when's the pin going to drop? Because this is, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm waiting for the hu human element. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the, the bad news. And then seeing all these people, like, I was trying to find some of the posts of like, Man, we thought things were going to get better uh, without Bobby here, and now I'm out of a job. Like those type of comments. There's one comment in particular that I wanted to to read because it it broke my heart. Uh, this one woman just going, I don't. Uh, oh, here it is. Um, she goes, I'm no longer at High Moon Studios. I'm going to die without my magic medication. Like it's like those elements that we don't think about. Mm -hmm. It's like the I'm here for healthcare type of type of thing like mm -hmm. you know we often forget that it's not just livelihood that goes away and i think we've all been laid off or seen people laid off before and it feels like the end of the world so like i i sympathize greatly with the the amazing creatives that are often unthanked and then even more so on the day of or day before um Microsoft being the richest company in the world and then going, and we're going to lay off almost 2000 of you. It's optically just pretty shitty. Mm -hmm. um, and just even how deep the cuts went, you know, some projects that seemed very optimistic, like Odyssey from uh, uh, Blizzard being canceled. Uh, the Overwatch team is damn, even Sledgehammer got hit. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there was a lot of studios that saw redundancy um, that we didn't think was going to be the case because it was like, oh, it's all PR people. It's all what, what whatnot. But you're seeing artists, you're seeing you know, level designers, you're seeing a whole swath of people just get the boot uh, just so that they can say on, you know, CNBC that they are the richest company in the world. It just 
it hurts. And the reality of it, as I say, all of that is like, well, they can't just keep a thousand nine hundred jobs. Um, it's ironic because I was saying it to to Kyle on the trophy room this week when we were talking about the riot layoffs, which I think we could talk a little bit about because I think that's the right way of doing it. Where it's like, hey, here's severance for a very pretty long time with your health benefits for a pretty long time, half the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not to make uh, you know a you know a, a chart you know tick upwards. This is for our survival and you know seeing them at least try to take care of those people excellent we're not hearing that yet from this but i was trying to tell kyle like yeah you know riot made bets as all companies do Mm -hmm. and those bets didn't pay off so as much as like i hate to see 500 people go if the publishing arm is not is bleeding money and so is this card game that's bleeding money like what are we expecting? And so it's like it to me, I'm at a crossroads where reality meets the human element, the empath of me that, you know, it, it hurts. It's, it's like, it sucks. And I understand, you know, and I have the privilege of like sitting here and going, I understand it. Cause I bet a lot of people right now are sitting at their desks sulking and not, and it sucks. Ains, you've had to, combat the effects of, of layoffs, see the effects firsthand, and then be part of a team that tries to function then as a result of them. You, did you have a different take? Am I, uh, are, am I, or are we out of pocket? Where, where did you come in? No, no. Um, so I was literally typing notes cause I have so many different points I want to make and so many different aspects of this. I want to cover. Um, it's tough to kind of keep them all in order. Um, yeah. So no, I don't think you guys are out of pocket. I think there's a lot of aspects of this. I, I would say I would start with, uh, yeah, to your point, I have been through three different corporate mergers and four rounds of what would be considered mass layoffs in my career. Uh, the most recent just five months ago where our company laid off 2,400 people, uh, a much smaller company than, Microsoft about funny enough about the same size as Microsoft gaming. Um, so the, the comparison here is relatively similar in terms of size, um, but it creates chaos. Um, so I'll say a few things to start and you know me, especially in a conversation like this, I can go on. So feel free to jump in and I'll try to kind of break some of these points out. So I knew right away the first thing when I saw this this morning, it wasn't surprised to your point, Luke, this was expected all along. Um, I think anyone who has worked in the corporate space, especially at higher levels, would understand this was coming. Um, I am a little surprised it came so soon. Um, And the reason I say that is because the acquisition acquisition and merger just finalized however many months ago. It is, I remember saying at the time when we cast, it is going to take a very long time for all of the dust to settle internally as those companies come together and figure out how they're going to um, essentially align priorities for what is now Xbox gaming, right? And you can keep some independence and you can keep some uh, specifics around what Blizzard's doing and what Bethesda's doing. But at the end of the day, you have a dad now and the dad is Microsoft gaming. And that direction would have to be aligned under a corporate set of objectives, right? Right. And so for that to kind of settle and then for the 
the C-level execs to sit down and say, okay, where are all of our redundancies? Where are all the layers that we we have to even out? Um, that would usually take a lot more time than this. So this this feels very fast to me. Not surprising, but surprisingly fast. Um, and as I talk about this stuff, it should go without saying, I hope, if you know us well enough and you know me, you watch season gaming enough, like I feel terrible for all the people affected, right? It, it sucks. And to Joe's point, there's all sorts of unique circumstances, especially in America where healthcare is tied to your employment, which is a whole another giant issue that's not related to video games specifically. Um, but, you know, so I hope that goes without saying that um, if any of this comes off cold, I don't mean it that way, just factual. Um, so I knew this morning when I saw the news that people were going to say they're a $3 trillion company. Why are they laying off people? And, and the fact of the matter is, they are a $3 trillion company because they do this exceedingly well and have done so for 50, 60, 70 years, however long Microsoft, I forget when they were founded, actually. But the fact of the matter is this is corporate America. This is corporate America. You are you are taking something, you are taking basically the, the product of it, figuring out how to optimize the wealth out of it, and you are doing it with as little expense as possible. Um, and that's what corporate America does across many industries, not gaming, of course. But the reason I call that into play is that one of the things I think that gets lost on us as gamers, who especially gamers who have been gaming for a long time, back when gaming was this niche little hobby and a, a joke among adults, basically, at one point in time. Um, gaming is now, as we always say, the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, media um, industry uh, by a long shot globally. And what that means, of course, is money. And when you have hundreds of billions of dollars annually that are in an industry, you have major corporations and presence that are going to want their piece of that pie. And we've seen that grow, the Epics of the world, the Microsofts, the Sonys, the Tencents, the, the Embracers, you know, all these companies come in and want to take their chunk of this money. But what that also means is things like this, is that it's, it's not the gaming hobby we grew up with, even though it was a business back then, too, of course. But the feel of the gaming hobby we knew and loved as kids or, you know, I'm going back older than you guys are, of course. But um, it is very it feels colder now. Um, it was back in 1907. You didn't even have electricity. <laughs> it was, it was wooden metal. blocks. We called them video yeah. games. But, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's important to note here that I guess the point I'm making is that this is it feels rough. It's obviously fresh. It feels large because it is. Um, but the sad fact of the reality is this is not the first and it absolutely will not be the last. I think that the gaming community needs to come to terms with the fact that the gaming industry is massive. It's worth a ton of money nowadays, and it is run by major, major corporations. And this kind of situation that's occurred today will continue to happen until the end of time. It is a reality of the industry going forward. And it has the industry has a lot of maturing to do. And I think it has a lot of wrongs to right with how they treat certain positions within the industry. But if I this sounds cold again, but if I'm one of those people, you, you have to accept that as the reality of what you're getting into. I know there's there's so many people that look at entry level positions in the gaming industry, like artists and creators and um, producers, not not low level or high level producers, but just uh, people that are producing some aspect towards the completion of a game. Um, 
I see it no differently as just taking an entry level job at a, at a major corporation. And that's what you're doing today. It's not a, it's a, it's a, I'm jumbling my words a bit, but it is a creative field that is in a corporate industry. And so you can say that games can't be made without these creatives and you would be correct, but the creatives are not what runs the bottom line. And at the end of the yeah. day, these positions are no different than any other corporate position that's going to be looked at on a spreadsheet. Um, yeah. And I think that's the sad reality that I think a lot of the industry just hasn't come to terms with yet. Um, but it's a fact. And do it's you think that's just change. simply that's just simply because we are, though we're a very uh, lucrative industry, um, that we're still a very young industry and we don't yes. maybe understand fully like correct 100% you're you're dealing with a majority workforce that did not sign up necessarily to be in the corporate world right they got into the field because they wanted to create and they wanted to design and they wanted to build these things for us and it's amazing and we love it and those people are so incredibly talented it's awesome but they're they're now in a corporate industry and the corporate industry comes with a lot of pain and heartache and i tell you this from experience uh it's cold it is it is all about the bottom line it always has been and it always will be and while i feel for the people getting let go there there is some self-realization that has to happen of what your role was within that corporate structure and knowing that hey this is not a this is not a position that is secure just because I can create something unique. It's just not. Right. As a matter of fact. And it sucks, but it's the reality of our world. And I think that's where we get jumbled sometimes because it's again, I know I've said this, but it sounds cold, but reality is cold. The world is cold. Life is cold at times. It's a sad fact. That's the fear I had in my first reaction was like, this seems expected. This seems like a part of business. And I was not surprised by it. I was sad, but not surprised. Exactly. But I saw so much, what I would argue, at least on socials, and that's a small, small ecosystem in the big picture, faux shock and faux offense on behalf of these developers. Um, and that, that kind of surprised me. Like, Joe called them the panels of panel of sevens. Like everybody like shocked and shooketh that we would have loss happening in, yeah. in an industry that people Hogue put out a wonderful tweet that I don't have up in front of me that, that makes perfect sense. Again, speaking to the coldness and reality of it. Um, but also it, it, it is what it is. I, I also saw from one of the XCP discord members who's, who's fantastic that he, he very much felt that uh, Satya and Phil are cutthroat businessmen. I didn't get that vibe. I don't feel like this was a cutthroat act or action. I feel I think like cutthroat's the wrong word. That's um, okay. Good, good. That's what I. That is what I said. So, so what did what did your take on that? As we get some comments. Well, I mean, that. good comments in chat, it, by the way. It, yeah, I've, I'm going to bring up a couple comments here. We want to talk about and some super chats as well. Um, so cutthroat. It is because that's the re again, it's the reality of it. Um, but you do have leaders and I, I, I don't pretend to know what Satya or Phil think in reality. I know what they say in public, but mm -hmm. behind the scenes, I don't know what they say, you know, in their minds. But 
generally speaking, these decisions are made because of the bottom line. It's it's not that someone wants to go out and fire people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, you get those executives that couldn't give two shits about things, but I I, don't, I think cutthroat's probably the wrong word. I I don't know the word exactly I would use here, but um, it's just I I have to imagine. My guess would be that as they take on the the larger spend, the gross larger spend, right? As we've said many times, Phil has a boss like everyone else. And he goes to Amy Hood over the chief financial officer at Microsoft and Satya, and they have conversations about spend. And you have to look at revenue and you have to look at strategic direction. And the matter of the fact is they probably calculated all that out and said, where does Blizzard and Activision fit into our strategic direction, where we wanna go with our services, our game production, and what can we do in terms of cost benefit analysis to level this field out and these are the people that were chosen to be let go it's it's really that simple it's not simple but it's really that clean it's not right. a cutthroat to say hey we got to go cut 2000 people just go pick people you know what i mean like there yeah. there there's more kind of uh analysis much more analysis done than that um let's let's call out some of these uh comments as well uh funny before we do it let's get uh mo's super chat here let me close this out here mo with the 499 super chat hello i'm here for the advertised threesome that's the uh cast oh, co-op uh post show that's right um, so if you think five dollars is getting you that <laughs> <laughs> he's it's right much two, cheaper <laughs> two dollars would have been plenty yeah, have, honestly exactly. <laughs> we usually see coins if i'm honest yep. um yep. it's true so Mo is the only man. one that knows how to use them though he's that old so. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about the coins on that one um machine xp with the ten dollar super chat it's sad to hear but we need to remember how many fans and critics have mentioned how bloated and low amount of output at abk um i don't know how you guys want to talk about output i think he means that the the eight studios or whatever at abk were really just making call of duty Ah, I'm guessing guessing that's what he means. I mean, there could be some, there could be an argument of like, hey, listen, if we're not going to annualize as much Call of Duty anymore, then we don't need to make these studios as massive. And so maybe as they take more time to make these games, that you could have smaller teams. Um, You know, it goes into, you know, I actually pulled up Hoag's tweet, Um, you know. And he says, folks, ABK was a full-fledged publisher. You don't need two separate back offices at one company. Pause a right. bit more before sounding the alarm bells for the industry. And while be, still being sympathetic for the individuals impacted. I thought that and was think, very well said. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes it is. Except when he talks about Star Wars. How fucking dumb is he when it comes to Star Wars? <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, I love you to death. Um but awful story sticks. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I, you know, again, it, it is like the harsh reality, but like, it, it, it's like, yeah, I understand the math and I understand this, the, the Excel spreadsheet you got it from. I'm just not happy with it. You know, of course it's, like, it's just like the human element. And I, I, I have to echo this or else it gets clipped Corporate out America by, does not have a human element. Yeah, it gets, and I got to preface this. Okay because the 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 one of podcasts of sevens will clip this because i'm the playstation guy um <laughs> this sucks if when when sony does it we've like talking about bungie talking about the layoffs we talked about how selfish it was for the management to do what they did and how heartless it was and their responses to them not even you know 
uh, getting rid of their bonuses because that's not the type of company Bungie is, like you greedy assholes. So it's like we 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 talk it, uh, you know, so much of how Jim Ryan is a robot. He's he does not you know emote like a human. He cares more about his cats and his you know female workers. Um, you know, it, 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 it's just when you look at stuff like this, when you see the headlines, it's hard not to go, oh, this sucks. Um, and at the same exact time, I think it, the reason why we're talking about it as deeply as we are is because it does affect the industry that we love. It's different when you hear something like, I don't know, Meta has just laid off X amount of people. Um, you don't know those people. You know what I mean? Not like you know them here on socials, but like they don't make the art that 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 you know and you interact with and i think that's the thing that that's different is like we engage with this medium and so when we're seeing the medium impacted constantly and seeing those people speak out so fervently i just made up a word whatever it's just um yeah it, it sucks fever feverishly is feverishly, what, I think what i yeah that's what i said um yeah, <laughs> yeah me, okay. right? shut up <laughs> <laughs> you guys are laughing at me you smirking all right <laughs> Luke's Agreed. red eyes are glinting at me. I don't like it. <laughs> hey, come on. Um, Machine XP, thank you for the uh, super chat. Appreciate you. Uh, I want to bring up Ade's comment too. So Ade says, um, do you guys think the pandemic hiring spree has an effect on what's going on? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you saw this rapid expansion of hiring happen um, during COVID. And, you know, and that's due to a number of reasons, especially at the corporate level with kind of money being cheap, as it said. Um, and so, you know, that that rapid expansion was made as a way to hopefully uh, kind of um, not balloon. What's the word I'm looking for here? Kind of uh, embolden these these corporate developers to really, as you saw with Embracer, right, grab a bunch of IP and hopefully make a turnaround, a big profit on that in relatively quick space. Problem with that in the gaming industry is that's just not how the gaming industry works. It's very different from other industries in that vein specifically. And so what you're seeing now is money's not as cheap as it was. Hiring's more expensive. Keeping people's more expensive. And the reality has hit on top of that, that there are shifts in gaming revenue. We I talked earlier about how gaming revenue is larger than it's ever been, continues to grow hand over foot annually. But the, the where that gaming revenue exists is shifting, right? So meaning that the the $60 or $70 paid box game is not where all the money is made nowadays, right? And because of that shifting, your priorities for our development start to shift, which goes to back to what I said around Microsoft as a gaming entity now would have looked at where the shift is going over the next five to 10 years, what their long-term goals are and saying who is most critical to those goals. And between, as you already mentioned correctly, that Hogue mentioned is like back office staff, publishing staff, that's duplicate duplicative um and things and combined with uh roles that may not have a place in that five-year future that's where cuts start to be made it all it all it's all one giant equation at the end of the day you know what i mean so to me this is we're, we're doing a lot of talking about microsoft which makes good sense i think when i when i hear and see the conversations to today it seems so Microsoft did this and to, I think maybe that's an optic thing because it's today or because of the $3 trillion announcement, but Embracer has been shedding jobs nonstop. I mean, 
this will sound so silly, but like I'd, I'd argue a much worse example than Microsoft. I fully agree. But like the, the reason today it was on my mind is the team that's supposed to be making the last run in the TMNT project. Half of them got cut today. Well, I've been emailing with that studio head just about TMNT over the last few months. What? Like now, now what's happening with that project? How many, how many jobs are lost there? And Joe, Joe's had to point out Sony's failings at, at various projects being canceled. I don't think projects being canceled is anything to be outraged about. I think mismanagement is, I think when you see CEOs getting pay raises, that's something to be outraged for next to stuff like this. But jobs that are redundant being lost or having to transition that is an unfortunate part there is a reality where teachers are replaced i'm a teacher for anyone that doesn't know are replaced by screens and programs it's already happening with virtual schools and parents wanting to just keep their kids out of social environments and so they put them on a computer not arguing it's better or worse i mean not in this case anyhow but it's happening jobs change over time I just I, I was just surprised to watch the reaction. I didn't feel like a like it was Xbox biased. Did you? I didn't see that. No, I, I want to comment on that, but I really want to shout out. This is uh, surprising to me. Uh, we have Marty O'Donnell in the chat. Hey, Marty. Marty O'Donnell. O'Donnell. So shout wow. out Marty. Um, so Marty, if you don't know and you should know, is uh, the legendary composer behind the original uh, Halo soundtrack, the obvious, uh, the, the infamous Monk Chat, and, uh, and a whole lot more. Uh, Marty has been around the gaming industry for a very long time. Marty, I did not expect to see you here this evening, but hat tip to you, and thank you for every everything you've done for uh, the games we love mm-hmm. and the industries. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> big a, time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know, you, all... you guys got all the Halo stuff. I got the Master Chief helm staring at me. I, mean, I, got, the... <laughs> oh, I got the Halo poster right there, Marty. I just, yeah. I, I, I want to interview that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah Marty. Uh, so I, I doubt you've ever stopped by Casco Up or Season Gaming before, but really cool to see you. Uh, this is yeah. a this is kind of a also shocking moment. I, I did apologies. A, I did a double take yeah. uh, at looking oh. at the screen just now. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think what Marty calls out here, if I hope this is where you were going, Marty, is kind of what I was speaking to is that you know Phil Spencer, as we've said many times here, right. What, no matter what image you have of Phil Spencer as a gamer online, right? And, and no doubt he plays games, but he is one of the top 16 executives at Microsoft, right? The company we're talking about. And as I've already stressed, and Matt Booty's obviously reports directly to him. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've already stressed, <laughs> these are corporate level decisions and, and high level corporate level decisions. Um, and I think that what we've kind of stressed to what Marty's getting to is the human element which is, you know, you have all these creatives in the space that produce kind of wonderful things in all different varying capacities. And oftentimes, just like in other industries, the the people that are really the foundational um, workers in the sense of they're the ones who keep this going and produce what the the outtake or the output is, excuse me, um, are the ones that get treated the worst. And that's that's one of those incredibly sad and frustrating realities of the corporate, which I'm living through right now, the corporate hellscape that we often find ourselves in. Yeah. I took the words right. out of my mouth, my friend. So no, um, yeah. I mean, Marty. it's it's the thing that I'm I'm struggling with, man. It's like again, it's yeah. like I get it. Late stage capitalism, all that jazz, but like, damn, I I can't like when I see people going like I moved 
to, to, to for this job. I loved my team. I need to pay medical bills. I got student like you can't help but be just man feel for all these people. Um, and it, it truly sucks. It truly just absolutely sucks. So I, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to talk in circles, but Luke. Well, I think, um, like I'm, I'm struggling to add more nuance to something that I think we've done a good job at fleshing out already. Yeah. But I suppose my final kind of thought on this is, is an agreement that yes, it does suck. And true, truly, um, and I am kind of distracted by how amazing it is to see Marty O'Donnell in the chat. I'm not yeah, no pressure, Luke. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. You can ask but, him to be on XEP, the best Xbox podcast I've ever listened to in my entire life. Later. <laughs> right now, you... I, w- I would love that. Um, yeah. No, I, I think at the end of the day, my hope is that these consistent calls for change in the industry are not just on social media, not just by panelists, or the very small niche consumers, because the reality is we live in a very small ecosystem in these podcast spaces and our social spaces and the bigger elements of the customer base that Xbox tries to appeal to even more so now that they're going all digital are, are unaware of these things. Very few people outside of this ecosystem are going to know even who Embracer Group is, even know that Bungie is owned by Sony now. And was Activision before that? You know what I mean? Very few people know these things because the customer side just doesn't need to in order to enjoy their products. And so the worker on the worker side, I saw uh, a narrative director over at PlayStation today calling for unionization. Yep. We've seen that be a, a common trend. We've seen even prior to the merger and acquisition uh, unionization of Activision Blizzard uh, personnel and. If indeed that's going to be how how change is made, then rock on. I'm not a part of that industry. I'm a consumer of it. So I hope that it's not just calls for change from the apathetic that want to be outraged today about this one thing and then move on. Right. Right. And I think, you know, Aid in the chat writes, you know, Luke, how would you suggest changes being made to stop this? The gaming industry seems very volatile as it is. Right, like you, you are dealing with projects that we are now looking at down the barrel of a Spider-Man game that costed three hundred million dollars to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you said, Luke, is kind of possibly one of the the, the antidotes, which is unionization. Mm-hmm. Um, if this doesn't, you know, you know, spark the call, what will at this point? Um, I think unionization is the step in the right direction. I used to belong to a really great union that made sure that I got raises every year, that I had sick leave and PTO. And that's what these devs also need as well. So I think that is part of the solution as well. And I think my hope is that as we are adjusting the market, because markets do shift, markets collapse. My hope is that scope is something that's being accounted for. And Ains, I would ask for your corporate mind on this, but something I feel like I'm seeing in the strategies that differ between Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft that inevitably try to mimic the other down the line, which is amusing in and of itself. um, I feel like from the outside looking in, the scope of Microsoft's game projects feels smaller than the scope of some of the Sony projects in budget. And that is mildly informed by the Insomniac hack. It's also informed by what I 
feel when I see a Vowed on screen. I don't think that is the same level of of investment that I see when I see Ghost of Tsushima. And I and I, I maybe I'm wrong, but does the scope of the project also help avoid some of these problems, these bloated teams or or whatnot? Am I, am I no too far off? Base? No, no. I think no. I th- listen. You know, when I say one of the, you know, one of the antidotes, I think the other thing is like scope. It's it's. I think right now you saw a lot of people chase after the how can we make this game last forever type of game, um, and you're seeing a, very few games succeed at that, and you're starting to see you know companies pivot into saying okay, well where else do we go? Um, if this isn't working for us, how do we how do we continuously make, you know, again, that graph point upwards? And I think part of that is like smaller experiences. Um, I, I, I spoke about this a few weeks ago. I was like, dude, I would kill for a nice eight to 15 hour game, man. That's nice. <laughs> I got a full time job. It's hard for me to keep up. Not every game needs to be Elden Ring. Not every game needs to be, you know, Tears of the Kingdom. Some game could just be a nice you know, not so meaty experience. And I think scope's one of those things. Um, and I think with like a, a, a mixture of, you know, limiting scope, limiting the range of what, what you want to do with your game at the same exact time, treating your workforce, right. Unionizing. Um, that seems like a good combination to me. Yeah. So oof, a lot of, a lot of points, uh, to touch on. Um, <laughs> So starting with scope, I think I think you guys are just again my opinion. I think you guys are on the right track in terms of scope of games themselves. And I would say that um, to your question, Luke, around kind of the scope of the games that you see in terms of output, right, of one uh, publisher versus another. I think yes, but you also have to look at the scope of the entire output of the uh, publisher, right? So it's not necessarily one game scope. It's around the scope of what they are getting, what type of games you're producing and what that uh, return is for your total investment, which would include all your studios and all of your resources, right? So I think that's, again, going back to the massive growth we've seen with Microsoft Gaming in the past five years since the acquisitions were announced in 2018, right? I I was trying to do some numbers today, but if I have my numbers somewhere in the ballpark, I want to say that the what's Xbox first party has grown from about 6,000 people to over 22,000 people in four years, okay? That is bonkers, right? Yeah. That just that doesn't happen like that, especially in, a, in an industry that, if you think about it, the acquisition people have proven of their returns, but in many cases, it looked like the you know, $68 billion of acquisition of Activision Blizzard was overvalued, right? Um, they're paying for the long-term p- potential there. And the only re- way you reach long-term pr- potential in, in that return on investment is by minimizing expense now, right? Um, post-acquisition. So a uh, long-winded way to say yes and to your original point there, Luke. Um, what was the... I lost the talk track. Scope. The other thing scope. You guys did. That's, that's the scope. scope one. What was the other thing we were just saying? unionization Unionization. thank you thank you so i'll tell you guys (laughs) and i'm trying i got to be careful what i say in terms of um what i've been through lately i was just lose your job and talk give us the truth speak your truth ains no 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 i because i i you know i I quite literally was on a two-hour training this week earlier this week on union on unions no joke um was it useful or was it 
Well, probably it's anti. Uh, it's like this is not good for you because <laughs> yeah, it, it was useful it. in a way of understanding the law. That's what it was about. Interesting. Um, that's probably the most I can say. Um, but what I would what I would call when when we see uh, developers talking about unionizations again, it's one of those weird situations where, to an end, I I agree, and I think that we definitely need better. I don't know if protections is the right word, but some type of there there definitely needs to be a a much better um uh god i'm tired guys i'm sorry much better okay. distribution is the word i'm looking for of the mm-hmm. uh profit and the revenue that is made in games from top to bottom level um right i mean i think that's exceedingly clear and and i hate to see because i work in development so you always see those areas that are critical to delivery of things but not critical to executives in, in their minds Mm-hmm. of um of how games get made so areas like uat qa uh community management you know all those things that actually get the game out the door and functioning properly into a community but they're they're treated the worst um the problem you have is one is unions are not necessarily the answer <laughs> and i and i say that in the kindest way possible uh they're they're it's one of those double-edged swords Unions can do good at times. Unions can do bad at times. And I, in this case, I don't know if that's the, the, the 100% definitive right answer, especially once you start talking about how much money is at play here. Because what you could mm-hmm. end up with is a situation where the, the, the bargaining power then is moved to the union, um, which is what happens, generally speaking, but the the end user, the people we're talking about, right? The the people mm-hmm. who are uh, creating the art or creating assets or other things mm-hmm. are are not treated any better. That can gotcha. certainly happen. Gotcha. The, <laughs> so it, it's it's a very hairy situation, and the, and I'm gonna say a sad fact again, but I honestly believe, and this is just my gut, but I believe that going back to my initial comments, where the industry is now worth so much money, and the key players in development resources and ip ownership are so large in microsoft tencent google epic you know all all the ones we've talked about embracer i i don't think you're going to see unionization on a large scale anyway they they, Mm. it just it won't happen it it feels like it couldn't it feels like it couldn't happen not even on some moral principle or even a business element but just given the complexity of a publisher being international across so many countries, even and the different laws. One of the things I, I remember reading in, I think it was Spencer's memo, right? Like that's all we get to see are the memos. We don't get to have the conversations was your team leads will be having discussions with you in accordance with your local laws or something like that. I'm paraphrasing poorly here, but that is a fascinating thing because a lot of conversations that I've heard in the last few weeks have been about see if thieves coming to see if he's going to PlayStation or switch. And in conversations that I've had with people at rare or people that know people at rare, yeah, the laws of, of, of the UK uh, just don't allow for certain elements of work to be outsourced. You got to be in the UK or, you know, near enough to, to where rare is located in the right country if you're gonna outsource it's a lot of of political hoops and that makes it very complicated to put 
or to, to hire a porting studio to put Sea of Thieves in some other place to do some of the work that it might take to get Everwild out the door faster because there's just not enough talent in one place. And maybe that's a tangential point to be made, but I find that interesting and somehow relatable because to have a business on a global scale, there are just so many elements. Making a game is hard enough. Art, assets, physics, uh, scripting, coding. Oh, got a bug here. And then to distribute that game, that much more difficult, that much more complex to distribute it into multiple platforms, places, storefronts. It just it strikes me as a such a complex beast that sometimes I feel like we are uh, Ungabunga's tapping on our rock, <laughs> trying to comment on it on social spaces. Well, I, yeah. I I think that's what I dread about this conversation in the in the twitter gaming sphere right is there's going to be a lot of commentary about this that is so naive and uninformed um i just dread listening to it uh, at times yeah um and i mean listen maybe i was just feeling the burn for a second you know <laughs> <laughs> good lord <laughs> you're gonna need new jokes again. man we got um, a whole new election and these guys right. are so no, I don't, old <laughs> i don't i don't need... want to talk about the election anything but that you were at the click you know what i'm board. dreading it marty O'Donnell's in the chat we don't want to we don't want to embarrass yeah, him right. um, he was just visiting marty he was just visiting yeah he, was just there. <laughs> he just happened to be there he's at an Nancy Pelosi's desk it was weird it was weird <laughs> um he's just dying but yeah right it was just a routine visit it was just a routine tour it just happened to coincide with the day i mean come on um weird to your point like even development resources or even your your staff among different states have different laws about how you can treat them in different ways right mm -hmm. so i mean it gets it gets far more complex once you go international True. and you start talking True. about different countries so yeah it's it is a i guess i'll say this it is a very complex um conversation with a lot of facets and nuance and context to it um but i just God knows i can't help as an industry have any type of conversation that's complex <laughs> i yeah. it i the sad thing is i guess this is the easiest way i'll sum it up is i'm starting to see the gaming industry as the same as other corporate industries especially in america and that is sucks because i i know the reality of those industries all too well um and i don't know what can be done about it you can list out a bunch of solutions mm -hmm. are any of those going to be implemented in reality doubtful yeah. um it's just uh, it's it's kind of um disheartening in a way yeah. can i we got two super chats i'm sorry luke you have your point i want to if, if i can make my point and then we do the super, you're not gonna lose them yeah. are you means okay the super chats i was about to type so i was on mute what'd you ask don't lose the super so, chats because i'll make a point no 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 yeah. they get saved you're good okay cool, cool cool um i just appreciate them contributing to the conversation for sure um in in x in my position with xcp I get to interview a lot of people, developers, right? We're at a 119 or some crazy cool number that I'm proud of if I look at the doc. But in doing that, I get to talk to people from indie to AAA. And increasingly, there's no AA in there, I might add. But in the indie space, you've got people doing three, four, five, ten jobs uh, to get their game out the door. And their projects are smaller. And... It's funny because you hear these eclectic, brilliant people that don't have certain training in PR, don't have, they're just excited to make their game, make their art. And then you talk to some of the people that go even higher up the ladder chain, some of these AAA projects 
And most of them have the brilliance, the experience, and the PR training. And every now and again, you get one that does or doesn't have the rest. But I bring all that up to say is that very much so, the conversation that we tend to hear is PR trained when you're at a AAA level, when you're dealing with these companies. They, they don't necessarily get to even, through legality or other means, give you the full story. And so you're so as a result, your, our, my understanding of that world is just flawed. It's just too small. When I try to comment on what's wrong with, with DC's movie studios, I'm not in the room. I don't know what's said. I don't know what the bean counters say. When I look at the cancellation of a game project I really want, when Joe, when you consistently year after year as a diehard Bloodborne fan, it's going to happen this year. It's going to happen. One, but there is a, there is an element that you just don't know that you're ignorant to that we have to be ignorant to because we're not a part of it. And then once you right. get to be a part of it, you're limited on what you can say. And so NDAs are a problem, is what Mar- Marty O'Donnell said in chat. And that's that's the I suppose a much more summative and faster way of saying what I what I'm kind of getting at is that our knowledge is too limited to fully comprehend why and how some of these things take place. Yeah, and that's what was so fascinating about the doc court document leaks, right? About internal emails and memos, because you got to see the the actual conversations that go on about some of these things. And as you've seen, and I think many of us saw it's it's pretty brutal and it's direct, right? And it's 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 um humanless at times. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now let's get let's super chats. Sorry, chat. I was muted. Yeah, here. sorry, super sorry, chat. sorry. Let me get these new super chats. Gecko, good to see you, brother. All right. Uh Gecko Gamer writes, I think the problem with downscaling scope is that you would completely sorry, you would compete uh directly with the indies which while not as rich the AAA companies but are potentially just as talented so i i I guess what he's getting at here is if you take your portfolio and downscale them downscale them to the kind of uh big indie or double a level now you're going to compete with the smaller companies that are more specialized in that space and can can you do it as well um that's an interesting take i don't know honestly i i would look at something like would you say like Hellblade One's a good example of that? Hellblade Triple One, a, Immortals you know. of Avium, Avium uh, Callisto Protocol, the Baldur's Gate, isn't Baldur's it? Gate. Calli- Remember that budget of Callisto though? The budget of Callisto was wild. It was absurd, but the the technologies that smaller, in theory, studios have access to can allow them projects that visually compete with AAA experiences. Um, I don't even need to bring up the day before because that was a hit. Um, but the, the budgets allow them to compete visually with those AAA projects. And as a result of that, they enter into conversations that perhaps they don't need to be or shouldn't be. Is it fair to judge some some indie or smaller projects next to others? And then similar, and that is a double-edged argument because we watch Call of Duty itself quite relevant to this conversation get crucified uh in reviews and critical reviews for the length of a campaign or gun physics or not despite it being almost the same game in some ways but also having an audience of millions upon millions upon millions and so what makes for success i don't think is is fairly judged at times because critical hit 
doesn't mean uh, a, a hit with fans, a financial success. We look at how many games that look, atro- look atrocious or are small projects that just go big and, and everywhere in between. Power World, Among Us, uh, any lots of Roblox titles. I mean, I teach middle school. Guys, they don't know what most of the games we talk about are. They know about well, Roblox and other smaller you're things. You're 100% right. In fact, I was just talking to someone because we were talking about where the gaming revenue is shifting, even though revenue overall is increasing, revenue shifting. So I was talking to my son the other day, and he mentioned, so he's 18, by the way, my youngest. He mentioned that none of his friends, and he games every night for hours, right? None of his friends will buy a game over $10. They just won't. Um, it's not even in their vocabulary to go to a store and buy a game for $60. It's not even a thought. Um, this is a generation now that the generation of his age that kind of came up basically beginning with mobile games and free to play games. And it's where that kind of expectation is that you are all of this entertainment is out there for you to just consume freely. And it's a, it's a weird when he said that, and we kind of talked about it and I saw that Jen over at, uh, uh windows central posted you know jen um yeah she posted she was having a conversation yeah 360 okay. with her 14 year old about the same thing like the concept of just buying a game is foreign um so it's a it's a weird I, and uh, the marketplace is so big broad and expansive like it's just i i heard people talking about like is you know the lack of curation um is becoming more and more of an issue so it's problem. just yeah. steam has faced for a long time. You know what's yeah. interesting? I'm sorry, I, I, I keep interrupting, but I get excited about this. It, it's it's interesting. Every one of my students, not everyone, I would say 90% of them are PlayStation, PlayStation, PlayStation. God but they you. all cloud game on their, their Chromebooks, and a good 80% of them that do are logging into Fortnite via Xbox Cloud. And it's really <laughs> interesting. They don't yeah. think of it as Xbox, they tell you they play PlayStation. Um, and it, it's, it's a further testament to what they think of as gaming because Ains, none of them are paying for it. Exactly. None of them. Meanwhile, if I go on the Xbox store or the PlayStation store, the ultimate edition of Tekken eight is $110 pan, uh, Pandora frontier. Oh my gosh. That one, the most recent Pandora avatar frontier, Av- the avatar oh, frontiers, of, frontiers Pandora. of Pandora. Thank you. Goodness <laughs> I was like, what? Thanks. Um, hundred and fifteen dollars if you're if you're trying to get yeah. the ultimate edition you know what i'm saying like the the gap it it's it applies so much in so many different categories it applies in politics with the uh lower middle and upper class in the united states it applies in gaming with indie double and triple a it, apl- it applies in so many places that the middle is very much disappearing and the barrier to entry either needs to be negligible or hey you give me something for playing or you shell it out because you got the cash. And you, it's not. It's nothing to you. But there's yeah. very little middle. It's there's so much to it. Uh, again, mm-hmm. a very complex like situation because as games are like you know sixty seventy and then like two Ks flirting with the idea of like you'll pay you'll pay hundred bucks for the next GTA because you know of course we could. Um, you know, it's it's the idea that audiences are are expecting more and more and more and more and more from each and every one of these big AAA games and yeah it's and I, it's an issue i hate to say it again but it it keeps circle the, the the things we're touching on the topics keep circling back to my initial point 
that this has become an incredibly corporate capitalist industry. And what that means is consumers want more for less and companies compete more because it's, it's, it's always about increasing prof profitability and reducing expense. And it's a hugely competitive industry financially now. And in, you know, when games are released to your point, thousands of games are released like every week, almost basically, if you take every game, right. And the ones that bubble to the top, like the power worlds of the world, right. Are few and far between for every power world. There's thousands of games that you've never heard of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a, it's, it's become a increasingly, increasingly competitive industry. Luke doing? Like, Luke's always doing, I, I just assume Luke is always Sorry, doing I thought I was muted. Else. I'm building God the Megazord. Shut up. He's playing with You're power. Muted. Rangers, we can guys. still see you. <laughs> this oh, is this legendary is composer, with. Marty McDonald's in the chat. <laughs> Look at the goddamn webcam. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. He made music. I walked down the aisle to you, son of a gun. Show I listen, swear to God, I listened to the Halo soundtrack today. Swear to God, I did. Well, you, you're not showing it. I feel like Marty would appreciate that I'm building a Megazord. Please, God, side with me on this. Just come on, man. Come on. Um, but anyway, my my point being is exactly that: is that it's going to do more. The the rich get richer. The 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 oh my god, you guys. The lower get uh get uh reduced to nothing, and Luke is going to continue building Power Rangers regardless of what's going on in the world. Apparently, I'm as red as a tomato right now. <laughs> my dragon dagger. I'm sorry. You need by the way, we all know that Power Rangers were. We all know that Power Rangers were just a very poor man's follow-up to Transformers. Come on, we no, all know that's not true. You couldn't, have, you didn't have the martial arts and Transformers. Not even the same. Man. Not even, not oh, even, God. not even the same ballpark. Come on, he played uh, the we, we still have like a, a trumpet. We still have a super chat on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Gecko, Gecko, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for the super chat. Machine XP, ten dollars super chat says, "Just want to say we appreciate the sound and balanced conversation. We're trying, despite Luke." Just oh, I'm the problem. <laughs> I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you're all having around this machine xp thanks man appreciate yeah. the super chats tonight and for the support sure. thank you <laughs> luke don't embarrass okay. us in front of the wizard <laughs> oh all my right God. all right our... are we ready to talk about power world oh i thought we had one more yeah. super chat. okay oh do we no have no one we're caught up on chat, super man? we're caught oh. up on super chats um i think we can leave that there I, obviously like i said i think this is going to be an ongoing conversation for forever Honestly, um, I, I hope I'll I'll end with this. Let's maybe have closing comments on this subject. Okay. I'll end with I hope that the video game industry matures and finds a way to reward those that are foundational in creating the things we love. My fear, as I've said many times tonight, is that being the corporate world it now is they won't. But I, I continue to hope they do and that they do right by the, the creatives of the world, because this is a unique industry. And it is an amazing industry. And I think the gaming medium is going to continue to get better and better and mature over time. Um, but I don't want the life to be sucked out of it uh, just for uh, the sake of profits, which feels like what's happen happening right in front of our eyes. I'll, I'll end a little bit more optimistically. Okay, um, and, good. And to something that uh, you said a while back when I was scared of this merger and acquisition from happening is that the industry keeps constantly growing. And that more studios are coming out there to fill the void that, you know, other studios leave behind, right? Um, so the one thing that I think we're seeing more and more of are 
these smaller studios that do and and make an impact um, the likes of like the big AAA games. So I think 2023 is a shining example of that, of like Baldur's Gate. That is an independent studio through and through. They self-published, it's theirs. Um, and they made one of the best RPGs ever made. Um, you know, God bless the folks over at Remedy, uh, an independent studio that found the funding um, to go make the game that they wanted to make. Um, I'm hoping that as we get, you know, as publishers or, or AAA publishing get, becomes more nebulous uh, as, as to what their goddamn point is, um, we start seeing more of these studios come up and be the next Bethesda, be the next, you know, uh, um, oh my goodness, uh, be the next, uh, oh my God, the folks that made Mass Effect, like Bioware, there you go. Um, you know, that they take those mantles and they become, you know, greater because of it. I think of CD Projekt Red, you know, Witcher 3 just changed the map for them and how we view them and their expectations and the journey that we went with CD Projekt. Um, they were not in the conversation as they once were, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And now they are one of the premier RPG makers. So to me, I think I want to leave more uh, optimistically saying, yeah, maybe these big corporations, they don't get it. And someone is going to rise up and show them how it's done. That's it. That's that's what I'm going to leave on. Optimism. Luke, got your fidget spinner, bud? I will say, let me say real quick, right at the right at the end of that is I think that is the one area you can point to is that usually what happens, right, is as we've seen that after the CD Project Red debacle with Cyberpunk and and the leadership over there kind of, you know, making some terrible decisions about because of money, you're seeing three different studios now, new studios have been uh, started up by X CD Project Red developers. And you will see that there is kind of a cycle of life of studio talent. So I do hope we see more of that as well. Agreed. I think it's all doom and gloom. The industry's <laughs> dying. It's all dead. There's no way to recover. Um, anyway, Power World broke the internet. All right. Yeah. Let's Did you guys? Well, Power World, yeah. uh, I hear it's just a ripoff Pokemon with guns. I think that's the joke that keeps going around. But what has been really neat to me is to see this team launch it, it it breaks servers in terms of how many people were interested in it, showing a clear uh, a clear eye towards what this game is doing. It is interesting to me that that a lot of the the most current builds are on Steam, not on Xbox Game Pass, though it did launch there. Concurrence, the most recent that I saw, seven hundred and thirty thousand concurrent players. Um, oh, it broke one point eight million. Did it? Okay, I'm on a Windows Central yeah, article's yeah. last update. Oh no, it's it's literally uh, second okay. all time on Steam now in terms of concurrent, only behind oh, I PUBG. See, I see it. No, you're absolutely right. I see they updated below two million, two million concurrent on Steam. They broke two now. Yeah, uh, two million. Counter Strike 2's peak of 1.8 million uh, was broken. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds of 3.2 million still sits on top. The the big thing I think is worth noting here is that Pocket Pair has done a good job of setting out a roadmap, giving content, it's bare bones, stating it's early access and making it available. Uh, I'm really interested to watch how they navigate the legal spaces, people going after them for possible plagiarism uh, of Pokemon. Hush, there's an entire genre called 
Metroidvania. There's an entire genre called Soulsborn. Like, no, you're not going to, I don't think you win that battle. I also don't think um, going after it as a Pokemon clone makes any sense either because the gameplay isn't the same. Mind you, I have not gone hands on. I'm quoting what people that I'm close to me have played, including Captain Logan, my co host. Um, shout out to him. It, it's just not the same game. I really love that this exists. I think it's great that this is, exists. I think it's great people are having a blast with it and rock on to them for having a content roadmap. Um, I did see some stuff, guys, about the use of AI, you know, in some of its art. And again, I worry that I'm out of out of touch here. I don't think AI is the devil. I think it's it's very much like a weapon. It's it's who's wielding and and where it's pointed. Um, I think it can be used quite well or quite poorly. So I'm really fascinated by the story as someone who's not really interested in playing the game. I think it's a really neat story to watch happen. Yeah, it's been weird because a lot of the accusations waged against the game um, are false. So like the fact that this game uses AI, there's no proof. The only evidence that some people have held up is that prior games that this team has made or a publisher has made mm. um, has been AI uh, has been the use of AI. Um, the game director, if I'm not mistaken, has fond opinions of AI maybe too overly fond and um and that's about it uh when it comes to using the mo- jesus christ Luke, you can't help yourself you son of a bitch put it away put it god away. i'm sorry Marty mcdonald it. was in the chat and you can't you're playing with the mouth of this goddamn megazord <laughs> i'm trying okay? to fix that all right <laughs> what am i supposed to do with my hands <laughs> Just sit still, dude. <laughs> oh. Tie him to the chair, Logan. Yeah. How do you deal with this? Twiddle a pen. That's what I do. <laughs> My God, Marty was in here for forty-five minutes. God He's awesome. like, "What am I supposed to do? You're in a conversation. Be here. <laughs> Grab a fuzzy ball and go like this. I don't know what the hell." You have. <laughs> Where was I? Right. Um, so like I'm the, listening the, to everything. I, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my problem. Um, God, it's like I'm back at work. So I like the yeah, Xbox. I, I, I like, oh, look at that. That's nice. Chris uh, Money Rumble gave me this. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Joe, were you so trying to make a point? A lot of the accusations <laughs> are, are are not based on facts. So even like the models that some Twitter user, and I think this is part of the problem with, and I think I, I said this on on. The trophy room. So sorry if y'all are listening for a second time. It's like one of the problems I have with games j- journalism as it is as it stands. It's like, hey, this is what a Twitter user that I have no idea. It's just an anime, you know, image with a bunch of numbers as a handle has you know shown, and it's a model of you know how strikingly similar the the Pokemon are to the pals, and um, and that turned out to be. Um, false that 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 was something that wasn't true that was something that they made um to harm the developer um so it's like they didn't take anything from what we see from pokemon it just looks like you know hey hun we got pokemon at home um Mm -hmm. and that's fine it it echoes to the point of like what you were saying which is like there's Metroidvanias that exist, Soulsborne games that exist. Look, uh, uh, you know, what's uh, Lords of the Fallen looks very similar. 
to that right. of Dark Souls, but plays differently. Um, you know, Elden Ring. And if you put a, a picture of Elden Ring and a picture of Dark Souls next to each other and you, you showed a layman, they thought it would the same game. But those are two vastly different experiences. So, you know, to me, it's like, yeah, you know, both things could be partially true, which is like, is the direction wholly original? No, but is it copying? Absolutely not. Pokemon Company has come out to say pretty much a nothing burger of like, we'll look into it. But this game has been announced for over a year now, and they have done nothing. And we know Nintendo and the Pokemon Company are both very litigious companies. So if they have not done anything now, chances are they're not going to do anything anytime soon. So to me, I, I, I just... It aggravates me because in the land of like all these layoffs, we're seeing a developer come out, put out a game that is so popular. It is going to be the, you know, it has a good chance of being the number one top selling game this year. And like, can we just for a second cheer for this small team that was able to do something different um, and look maybe similar <laughs> and and see success out of it. And I just don't see how we can't do that. Or if we have suspicions, maybe we go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back the, the cheering and applause because I don't know yet and I don't have all the facts. So I'm just gonna stand back and let them have this moment. It's it feels I don't know, rather Kanye at the VMAs. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about this on Bitcast last week. Hogue, you know, we it's kind of a legal question in some ways. So we always love his insight on these things. And he gave some good kind of context around copyright law and what he generally said to sum it up. And by the way, he has a he covered this on his channel directly with a, a, a video as well, which you can check out um, for more detail. But what he essentially said is that copyright law is very essentially the industry wants or industries want people to be able to take an idea or a concept and make something new with it. Like ideas, concepts, designs, like, you know, aspects of games um, and other industries are not copyright. You know what I mean? Like you can't copyright those things. They're not yeah. yours in that sense. And you guys gave some good examples. And what he essentially said is sure this game on the surface may look like it has creatures out of Pokemon. It's not the only game like that. And it's certainly not going to stand, you know, it's certainly not crossing a threshold of what would be considered, uh, you know, infringing on uh, Pokemon in that vein. Um, generally speaking, they want uh, new companies and other companies to be able to create products that do merge ideas and do these types of things. Right. And I think. Sure. It's it's easy to point to this development studio, Pocket Pair, I believe it is, right? And yeah, they've tried yeah. this before, right? They've they've basically taken other games and said, oh, we can make something like that and try to make it popular. And, you know, you can disagree with that if you want from a, a any type of standpoint, I guess you want to, but they're allowed to do it, right? There's, there's nothing stopping them from doing it. And for what, now that we now know for Pal World is they found one that has become a resounding success they finally landed the one that stuck um so now i think that uh my bigger question about power world is where did they go from here so you have a small studio who has created lightning in a bottle they have an awful huge influx of money 
and funding and popularity and eyes on their game. And sure, they put out a roadmap. If you read that roadmap, it's about as generic as can possibly be because I feel they need, they probably felt they needed to put something out. Um, it's good they did it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see if they can keep up with the demands of having a globally popular game that is being played by so many people because they haven't done it before. It's new to them. So what happens now? And I think the next, you know, the next three to six months will be critical with their leadership team to see, can they, can they manage this properly? Yeah. So, but I, 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 I tell you guys, I don't know how much you've played it. If we want to talk about that, I played it for like 10 minutes and I turned it off. I was like, this isn't for me, (laughs) but but, uh, I do want to give it another shot. And, and Travis who reviewed it for IGN um, made it clear as have other people at SG made it clear that the PC version is light years ahead of the Xbox version. Like the Xbox version is like, it's several versions behind in release. So uh, did you just say IGN? (laughs) They gave Power World an eight and Starfield less than that. I just, I can't even. I can't even. Yeah, I've I've blocked them. I didn't know it. Like when Travis is on Big Cats, I actually don't even hear him speak. Yeah, Yeah, they gave Power World a seven actually. Well, that's not what the internet told me though. Uh, uh, right now I'm, I, I'm i'm seeing seven good oh he must have he must have brought it down yeah i think he had it oh i think this is the xbox eight. version i think because he oh, said okay. it's uh, as i do my great reporting i scrolled all the way to the bottom to see the number it says mm-hmm. the version of power world on xbox and the microsoft store might not be nearly as polished as the steam version right now but that doesn't mean it isn't still a ton of fun Yes. Uh, so there, there's just there's differences in not only how it runs, but for instance, on the Steam version, you can have a 32 player server online server where everyone can jump into the world together. Whereas on Xbox, you have like a four player world that you have to join, you know, together, like almost like a co-op. Like it's just not as fleshed out. But um, okay. yeah, I'm interested to see where this game goes, if it keeps kind of this uh, if this momentum. And I'm really interested to see how Pocket Pair does. Like we're going to find Do I just out real buy it fast. on PC then. I, mean, I want to try this the, game out. The 10 other 10 million other people who have. I yeah. mean, I want to hop on the train. I want to say I was part of the 10 million. Yeah. Made the difference. <laughs> Shoot. Can I talk the, about how crazy it is that it's now second all time in concurrent players and it's still nowhere close to PUBG? Like when PUBG yeah. became that phenomenon, it was, I mean, that's wild to think about. Also, an incomplete game when it was there. You know what I mean? Like PUBG. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, very incomplete. early level. You know. And they weren't able to keep the lightning in the bottle, you know. Um, it, Epic saw that, Fortnite saw their like last ditch effort to make this game relevant, and they stole it exactly. And they they did. And Fortnite steals a lot of goddamn ideas, man. Rocket Racing is a is a better Mario Kart. I'll say it right here. Um, it's just it's yeah, it's yeah. Well, f- what Epic crazy. has done with Fortnite is a whole nother conversation. Yeah, it's it's yeah. impressive. Can um, I compliment got a super the chat. Just in, they, they, I appreciate every one of you. Great chat. Yeah, yeah, they're coming no to doubt. my defense. You, well, I mean that part's not great, but the rest. Well, of Well, you want to read good. the super chat right here? I think it's, it tells a different story. Uh, let Luke, Luke fidget. I feel like he's staring into my soul. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight Jerry at the five dollars super chat. <laughs> it was. It's very intense. <laughs> I know, bud. That's what I was trying. I know my own strengths and weaknesses here. Yeah. Just let me fidget. Poor Logan. 
he knows he gets it. He signs in for it every morning. He knows I'm going to be building something, playing something, but the conversation's still there. Yeah. Are you good? <laughs> Before every show, he's like, "High five, good buddy. We'll do this together." Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Proud of you, bud. <laughs> it's true. Hey, uh, midnight. Thank you, man. I uh, yeah. appreciate the five. I always say, man, that's just habit. I, I don't thank you for the five dollars super chat. Uh, appreciate it. Um, you yeah. said roadmap, Ains, and it made me think yes. of of the roadmap that we saw for Suicide Squad, which yes. is a game that is very contentious. Let's go. Um, for me because i'm and i want to make super clear and then i'm gonna let you guys take it i'm goddamn furious this game exists i'm so angry (laughs) none of y'all supported avengers and i played the heck out of that bad boy i love superhero games i love dc even more i'm so angry that rocksteady who made my favorite game of all time arkham knight my favorite series of all time the arkham series including uh shout out to wb montreal for arkham origins love that I even love the Vita game for Arkham. They made an open world Metropolis game in which I'm not Superman. They brought all my Easter eggs from the Arkham series in here. They made a live service game using B and C list uh, characters, although Harley Quinn is an A list character now. Yes. Uh, I'm so mad this game exists and I'm furious because I didn't even enjoy the, the alpha that we played. Thanks to the NDA being lifted. We can talk about it. Do you know what makes me most angry? Just someone just say yes, please just ask me. Yeah. Well, I'm going to play so- the hell no, out of this Luke, game. What makes you most angry? I'm going to play this game so much, and I'm so mad that I'm going to play it so much because it's DC, it's open world, it's in Metropolis. And I'm just like, why? Like, this is, I, I don't, I'm just, I'm just so mad by this game, its existence. And I got to tell you, if I get a review code, uh, I'm going to be playing the heck out of it. If I get to interview them, I'm going to be so excited because it's DC, it's open world, it's rock steady. Um, but it boggles my mind and I just beg to the, to the, the great gaming gods that are not smiling on our industry right now. Could we also just have that the same metropolis as Superman game? It's gaming, (laughs) making games is easy. Okay. So (laughs) yeah, we covered that already. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the funny thing is Luke, I think this is a great contrast for between me and you, because we've talked many times about this. I am not a superhero guy. I don't like superhero movies particularly not a ton of them anyway like the marvel universe and i don't really care too much about superhero games yet i'm actually very excited for this game and the reason i think is probably the the reason reason? the reasons is the exact same reasons luke's not is because Uh all this game looks like to me is a four-player co-op giant sunset overdrive like sandbox where you can just go in and create chaos and that's all I care about. I don't care about the characters. I don't care about the story. I don't care about the Arkham Easter eggs. I don't care that it's Metropolis. I just, it, the, the game play itself looks fun to me. And that's all I care about. God bless. This stupid country. <laughs> now, Ains, question, question. I am English. You can blame them, you know. Yeah. And Luke, wait a year until you can do that again, okay? Um, <laughs> but uh, now, what do I do with my hands? I don't know what you do here. <laughs> he already, you started talking. He already, already was like, I know. I hate how he's embraced this, by the way. I really do. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Like the game looks really fun, and I'm actually not great at the Arkham games. It was the game that like I'd watch my brother play because he's insanely good at them. So like back in the day, these were never my jam because I just wasn't good at them. I was just there for the story. Um, 
but for this one i'm like the story's intriguing i don't care i i like it um i would argue that these are seedless characters i think uh there's like there's the allure of the suicide squad that they are you know disposable um and for for me it kind of it gives me that sunset overdrive meets crackdown look so like i'm all about okay, that okay okay no need to, to insult best. it oh sorry they made three Just crackdowns the game was so good but <laughs> bloodborne did they make <laughs> go back to go Is back that to why they made three <laughs> Jesus, was it? me and two other people really want crackdown for yeah really um <laughs> and I see some people in the chat. Hashtag let Luke fidget. <laughs> let it trend. Let it trend. But um, Ains, I, I kind of I throw the ball over to you, my friend, um, because I get teased that this looks exactly yeah. like Avengers from Luke and our mutual frenemy Kev uh, that we game with on a concert. Does this game look like Avengers to you? It or do doesn't. you have functional eyes? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I was going to say, like, I don't think this looks like Avengers to me. I think Avengers tried to walk that line of, of Marvel universe, serious, not serious, but you know what I mean? Like more hardcore comic. I don't know how to describe it. Like more of Luke's type of game, but then yeah. they got into co-op and or not co-op, but co-op and live service and looting, which mm-hmm. kind of made this mess of a game. Whereas Suicide Squad, to me, and looking at it, almost knows what it's trying to be. It's trying to be that chaotic sandbox, which plays into, at least from my eyes, and you guys know the characters, or I know Luke does. I don't know about you, Joe. know him way better than I do. But at least plays into the chaotic themes around Suicide Squad as they are in characters. Like I said, I don't really care about the characters. I care about the gameplay. But no, this doesn't look like Avengers. Avengers looked lifeless to me. This looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Can I come? I agree with you about the look and the lifeless element comparatively. And I think part of the problem was that was the end of Xbox One PS4 trying to transition because Avengers ran quite well on Series X, but they were trying to make those machines do things that like the 23 2013 boxes needed to do. Yeah. You know what the I mean? VCR. Like it, it, it really is a shame because there are several games in that kind of window of time that suffered as a result of that. Um, and so to, to credit this formula, I think this, this game looks like it's taking advantage of the power. Whereas Avengers stretched its hardware to the limit for yeah. a good while. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, this game's a really interesting one to me because I think I honestly do believe this game could go both directions. This game could be a huge hit sell a ton of copies and a lot of people would enjoy it for a long time to come. I could also see this game completely crashing and burning. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I don't know where it's going to land, but I just love watching it unfold. Um, one, what I would say one negative sign. Um, and I was just talking to someone about this hours ago. And I know we know this is that apparently not just smaller creators, but almost anyone, but the biggest outlets don't have code so far. And the Correct. game launches in five days. I do not have uh, codes, and I've requested them, and I'm the smallest of the small. So, and but interested, right? Did play Avengers? Did talk about that? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, other outlets I've talked to, kind of in the uh, indie to medium space, and channels and sites and whatever, don't have codes. Uh, that's not a great sign, typically. Although, the only there's always context. The only caveat to that is this is, from what I understand. Uh, focus to be a server based because it's online. It's an online game, 
You have to play it online. Um, I'm not even getting into that debate, but I'm not scared of it. I'm not scared of it. But they, this may be one of those ones where you see late reviews because they don't turn the servers on for production 1.0 release until the night before release, mm-hmm. right? So reviewers may have to wait until almost launch to to really kind of experience the game. General PSA on that exact front. I don't like when yeah. outlets do publish reviews day of for games like this for that exact reason. I appreciate the spirit of and the outlets that do reviews in progress or things like that. Um, Ains, you and I differ on what review impressions might mean, but numbers mean score, anything. Uh, but numbered scores <laughs> for games like this before the general audience gets it. I don't like that. Um, and if you are getting a game this or otherwise, but but in this vein on day one, give it a day. Give it a few. Give get t- wait two three days. Don't pay for their early access. Let that let those bugs get worked out, and then mm-hmm. jump in. Um, that's just tends. Uh, our crew regularly plays Halo, Fortnite, and Call of Duty. Um, and I get pretty heavy into Di- Diablo. <laughs> I didn't bother playing the new season on day one. Maybe I missed out. Maybe not. But I didn't have to worry. You know, right? Yeah, that's fair. I, the roadmap for this game looks cool. I like to see that they're. They it feels like to me that the game had a kind of negative connotation in some areas and, and the team basically said, all right, start showing them the stuff we have, um, because, you know, we saw this roadmap. Uh, one of the designers of some of the Joker themed levels in the game that are coming, an artist uh, released a gif. I don't know if you guys saw that, a gif of like some of the, the buildings and levels he designed. Yeah. They look freaking amazing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. if 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 this is what they're going to do particularly I really like that they're going to have new playable characters because I thought the game was only going to be the four forever, right? And then they expand the game, but they're playable Joker by March, so a month after yeah. release, and then other playable characters. So I, I think they really could have a big hit on their hands here, assuming they deliver it well. The The only other interesting thing here in that conversation is both the founders of Rocksteady have now left to start a new studio. So I don't know if they're taking the money and running or if they're seeing writing on the wall or if they just want to do something different. I I don't know, but it's kind of interesting. The, the Avengers community that knows and likes the service, they were very well informed and they've gravitated towards suicide squad. Um, There were two people that I was pretty, pretty close to as a result of Avengers being a small community that, had the insider info on that that brand that genre that are now doing the same one's a data miner and quite prolific his name's miller he's posts his stuff on social the roadmap and content that's set forth for suicide squad is far better than avengers has been it's far more planned out more logical and whatnot but it remains to be seen whether or not people want it because the 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 publicly lifted nda Wait, the, the alpha NDA that was lifted publicly. Alpha NDA, you don't, yeah. Thanks. Um, the, <clears throat> the majority of reactions were very mixed. Hated it. Some loved it. A lot of in-between. Um, characters felt very samey in terms of combat, very difficult to be intuitive with on traversal. But once you learn a character's traversal, which is different from another's, people were having a lot of fun. It really could go either way. Um, I know who I'm going to main. I think, Joe, we, we all agree we were going to play this one. Yeah. And, like, we all decided on our mains. Um, yep. But I will say, like, there's 
most of their traversals are stupid, make no sense canonically. Oh, that matters up. to they me. Explain that in the goddamn game. Terrible. Five minutes. By the way. In. It was so. That's a best stupid Terribly? explanation. But that's yeah, it's a stupid explanation. Oh, Superman! Superman. I'm only allergic to green glowy rocks. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that makes perfect sense, Joe. You're forgetting well, that, that he, oh, yeah, the, the radiation from the planet. yellow sun uh -huh. polarizes and charges it. Obviously, right. God, you sound sounds, so dumb yeah, in Utah. Sounds great. Um, uh -huh. I, and, I, I, I was traumatized as a kid. And now I'm dressing as a bat. Yeah, get over yourself. It's what could be better? Boy. Put nipples on that bad boy. Um, <laughs> the exact things that could frustrate me. My bigger point is some of the traversals. You'll learn one that you like and stick with it and you're unbothered by some of the stuff that would bother me. And so this game will sink or swim based on who shows up to play it. You know what I yeah. mean? Who shows yeah. up? And to I play think, it? you know, I use suit, uh, not suicide, uh, sunset overdrive an example. Cause I adore that game and it's just silly. Like fun. Six copies. That's what I heard. No, that was going to be my point. We know that sunset overdrive didn't do well right now. That yeah. has other factors with Xbox one launch and all that stuff too. But this game, I think from a sales perspective will do probably quite well. I think it's longevity is the thing in question. Um, and you know, can it hold sales out enough? Because you have to imagine by now they have invested a lot of money to make this game. And if they're this gonna game be, looks expensive. Yeah, and if they're going to be serious about live service support, which is costly, they need that audience to keep showing up. So uh, one thing that is interesting, if you look at the deluxe version too, is they mentioned, you know, you get the three-day early access next Tuesday versus Friday release, but it says uh, you get one Battle Pass token. Um, and they talk about Battle Pass, uh, which is good for seasons one through four. So mm -hmm. similar to Diablo, if you miss this, by the way, you get a token and then they're going to have a battle pass every however long. I don't think they said the time period yet, but you can choose when to use that token on any of the battle passes one through four. So Diablo did the same thing with their ultimate edition. But just be mm -hmm. aware because there was a lot of people in Diablo who used it on season one and got pissed because they didn't have to. It's the same thing here. You don't have to use your token for season one with uh, Joker. Okay. No. Okay, that's thank you for letting me know because I was one of those people with season one. I was like, Shit. I did the same thing in Diablo. I, I yeah. did it anyway, and then yeah, anyway. But yeah, so I don't know. I think I think the key questions about Suicide Squad is does it have enough depth in the moment to moment gameplay to keep people coming back, and can they, as with almost every game in live service, can they deliver long term at a, at a cadence that is people are going to find enjoyable? Yeah. So. yeah. Well, boys, that's all the energy I got. Yep. Luke oh, needs to finish this Megazord. Oh, I can't. And like um, a dragon tomorrow, boys. No Infinite Wells? No. No one cares. No? no, I don't care. No one cares. What? Uh, Who am I podcasting with? Dude, people did, that don't like so neither of you played like a dragon the first one? I tried. I, I couldn't get and into I'm it. I'm cool. Did you not see the Megazord? <laughs> I tried to get into it. I just, it wasn't for me. Um, no, I'm, in all seriousness, I'm genuinely generally not a big jrpg fan i talk about this on big cast all the time but i played like and, and i'm not big into the yakuza series either um but i played like a dragon that game's incredible and okay. i'm so excited about infinite wealth tomorrow um man definitely the game i'm most excited for right now so. a 90 and tekken a 90 as well and I'm prince of persia like, like an 87 yeah. and prince how world lighting so the world on fire i was like you saw my tweet like 2024 is just coming out swinging mm -hmm. prince of persia oh my gosh that 
that I, I was telling Joe Ains. I don't remember if you were we were in, in the same chat at the time. Um, Prince of Persia would have been in the game of the year running in 2023. That would have been in the conversation in 2023. It's that good. It would for me for sure. Yeah, same because it's 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 unique and um, it does what it aims to do exceedingly well. Like mm-hmm. it's one of the best Metroidvanias I've played in a very long time. By the way. Abe's in the house and says, Like a Dragon is my favorite Japanese RPG since Final Fantasy VII on the OG PlayStation. Hell yeah, Abe. Good to see you. Oh, wow. Oh, it's, it's Xbox, really good, guys. It's as really an Xbox good. gamer, we don't acknowledge Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> or something well, like that. I don't know. I don't well, you, you can go play Final Fantasy VII, just not the one that was made in this past couple decades. Oh, but I wanted to be outraged at something, Ains. Oh, it's crazy. I think there's enough out there to be outraged at. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> let's close this thing out luke start us off man absolutely so uh thank you to everybody that hung out and chatted with us really enjoyed having you guys here reading the chat it was really cool to see uh all of you guys hanging out with us it's good to be back for sure we tried to, to go last week we it's 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 a conundrum but um because we're doing outros i do want to say uh i just interviewed cliff blazinski uh legendary game designer really enjoyed that Really fascinating to hear from him at the stage of life he's in right now uh, as he's exited video games, the the idea of going back versus not his different projects. Hearing him talk about his experiences, particularly after reading his memoir, was really cool. So I'll point you to the Xbox expansion pass uh, on all your podcast services. It's either like it's either sorry to interrupt you, but it's either like tonight or tomorrow. He's doing his first stand up at a comedy club. He told me it's mostly about butt stuff. His words. <laughs> I said, okay. God bless him. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> it was a really enjoyable interview and fascinating because I'm fortunate to get to interview a lot of people. Sometimes these brilliant minds to corral them is is difficult. Um, and it was and you really- did fantastic, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Because we I, interviewed uh, Sam Barlow, uh, uh, another humble brag, and we just let him talk. We were just like, this is everything you have to say is so amazing. Yeah. Please fill my ear holes with it. Yeah. I haven't listened to it yet, Luke. Have you not? Oh man. Give it a, no. give it a listen. I will. I will. I'll, I'll say like really and truly, it was cool to hear him get so excited and veer. And then like to try and keep him to, to a certain focus point was really fun. Like how um, we feel with you. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. If I'm not, I'm not even trying to joke. Yes, <laughs> um, but it was really cool, and I, and I was fast. He was on my top three uh, most amazing people. And let me give you a fun, quick anecdote. The video file corrupted. Cliff went back to his computer an hour later and tried to work magic to get it back. And we we, we did we were able to get it back, but he didn't have to do that, right? Like he didn't have to do any yeah. of it. And he's been very kind since. So. Um, Really appreciate appreciated that interview, and I hope people are willing to to give it a listen for sure. And next week uh, is Stephen Totillo from mm-hmm. Kotaku back in the day. Ew. Say what you will. I'm going to ask him questions. Then Axios, and now his own project on GameFile. I think that'll be a really interesting conversation, particularly given the games journalism workaround. A lot of insight in that space. Yeah, very much so. So Stephen yeah. Totillo is next week. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So awesome. Oh, damn. Awesome. Joe, I don't want us to skip over your interview as well because I've not had to. No, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. That I, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I have a question for Steve Tortillo. Maybe you're, you'll share him my question. 
So, it's so, funny. It's funny. Yeah, my question? Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah, I maybe you'll ask him my question and a half. I didn't tell Joe I was interviewing Cliff because I was scared it would not go through. And then the video corrupted and I was like, and then it did. It got, it worked out. But like, so Joe's still a little salty with me and I, I don't blame him, but I was trying to let it be a surprise. And I just didn't. I'll just be happy that I kept my composure around Marty and you two just lost it. You goons. Anyway, I didn't Ames, lose it. that wasn't me. We love that was oh, the I other, saw, that was like, the other oh. vampire. Oh, oh, um, senpai, you know, I saw it. Uh, you want to know why Mariano. I saw a glimmer of happiness behind those dead eyes? <laughs> <laughs> That's 100% accurate. Um, Mariano Pomp with the five dollar super chat. I appreciate you guys. Always happy to see cast co op. Thank you, brother. And I know I didn't say your name like you would say your name, but I can't say your name like I would say your name. Joe, say his name properly Mariano Pompa. Mariano. He wanted Mariano your Papa. There it is. He's not Italian. He's Italian. What's the point? I just rubbed it into I'm a second generation Hispanic. I, you don't understand. I taught my dad English. What are you guys talking about? Guys... I wanted right. to. Uh, I tried. Thank you. I know. Hey, I, I see Papa are... playing Halo a lot, and I've been yeah. in on Halo Infinite, man. I've been in lately. Yeah. I'm scared to invite him and you, Ains. Y'all are. Come, come em- play ranked with us one night. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, okay. what are we doing, guys? Get your headshots. And I'm like, it's 10 o'clock. I've been up since five. I'm just trying to get to it, guys. Get out of the group. You are terrible at video games. Oh, boy. <laughs> By the way, Pompa says, I take back my appreciation. Fair enough. Um, Grassy ass. Grassy ass. On the big cat side, we talked about um, we talked about Power World a lot, including uh, Travis's review, of course, last week. Um, just good conversations all around there. We are actually off this week. I'm away this weekend, um, so Lazy. big cats will be back next weekend. But just looking forward to talking about. Uh, you know, like I said, like a dragon and suicide yeah. squad. So I'm sure we'll have a big conversation on that here oh, yeah. uh, next weekend. Other than that, pretty quiet on the uh, season gaming front. Um, we do have a review up for last of us to remastered. So we took another look at that, just given that it's a game that was, you know, I'm not even going to make a funny comment here, um, cool. but we do have reviews coming as well for uh, suicide squad and power world and some other things in flight as well. So just stay tuned nice. for those, but yep. Luke, Joe, I almost said Luke. Joe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, instead of telling people where they can find me over at Mr. Batman on Twitter, I'm going to tell everybody direct who you thought would win in a fight. Direct that message over to at Mr. K Step. Who would win in a fight? Joel from The Last of Us or Leon Kennedy from Resident this, Evil 2. This or is 4. not a real question. It's stupid. It's question. not. It's not. He needs to wake up. Because I even said Leon from Resident Evil 2 would cap Joel in a heartbeat. Okay? You, you're you kidding me. Old man knees versus a trained killer. Who's gonna... Come on. Anyway, uh, you can find The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, uh, over on YouTube each and every Wednesday night as we record it live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and you can check out this week's episode where we talk about all the cute little rumors around Death Stranding 2 on the beach, the Until Dawn remaster, it should have been Bloodborne, State of Play rumors, all that good stuff. And, of course, our Sam 
Barlov, uh, sorry, Barlov interview, uh, the Bo, creator. Barlow, of, Barlow, Barlow. Barlow, what did I say? Barlow. Oh, I always confuse Barlow and Barlow. Sorry. He uh, is dyslexic, uh, everybody. I can say that. I know this. That's right. That's right. And here's something else. Uh, the creator of Immortality. Uh, it was a fantastic conversation, 45 minutes long, of just someone just dropping all types of industry knowledge left, right, and center. And let me tell you something, too. He also hints at some more stuff that maybe you didn't uh, hear about or kind of funny, you know, like his next games, all that good stuff. So, yeah, with all that said, with all that out of the way, um, keep, uh, keep. Wait, wait, Joe, wait. Okay. He's got a little dinosaur. Just one second. Uh, he's finishing it, guys. Oh, great. The arc of a... this episode's over. I'm going to go with Ade on this one. It looks like a budget Voltron. No, it's not. This is the. That oh, is no. It's cool. I broke no, it. Yeah. This is the Zap Zord Ascension Project Megazord, everybody. It's pretty great. It's pretty cool. It's pretty dope. I want everyone to know. Uh, yes, Luke is married. I saw someone ask. Sorry. <laughs> to, a, yeah. to, to a very successful doctor, actually. <laughs> mental health professional is what we yeah. call yeah. egg yeah. on your face yeah all right well everybody keep casting that co-op 